Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. On that note, I'd like to say thank you to Steve Pakin, who became my latest patron. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. From John to Justin, which releases every single Friday and looks at every single Prime Minister in Canadian history. I'm currently looking, well, I was, I kind of took a break, but I was looking at the opposition leaders who never became Prime Minister. But right now, during the election campaign, I'm looking at every single election in Canadian history every day for 36 days. I have Canada's Great War on Sunday, and I have Coast to Coast, which looks at the building of the Transcontinental Railway, and that comes out every Thursday. I do all these podcasts full-time. The writing, the research, everything. So, every doll you give helps keep it all going. And when you donate to become a patron, I'll thank you on the air and through my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G. B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Berto37. Today I'm talking about someone who, well, he's very famous, and he's a Canadian legend. And it's also important to me, because when I was a young man back in Armstrong, British Columbia in 1987, I met him. I was able to shake his hand, and I was able to give him a huge check. I didn't really know who he was at the time, but I still remember the feel of his hand and his leather glove. Today I'm talking about... Rick Hansen, and the Man in Motion Tour. During the 1980s, two Canadians put Canada on the map when it came to humanitarian efforts. The first was Terry Fox, whose Marathon of Hope inspired the nation in 1980. The second was a man who knew Fox and was friends with him, Rick Hansen. Today I'm looking at the monumental trip Hansen took around the world in his wheelchair to help raise awareness about disabilities and to raise money for spinal cord research. As this episode is about the Man in Motion tour, I will only be touching briefly on Hansen before and after the tour. Hansen was the oldest of four children born on August 26, 1957 in Port Alberni, British Columbia. His father Marvin worked as a telecommunications worker for BC Tel, and the family would live in Fort St. John, Abbotsford, and eventually Williams Lake, where Rick would grow up. Throughout his youth, Hansen was highly active in sports, playing volleyball, basketball, softball, and baseball. During his spare time away from sports and school, 
he would spend his time outdoors fishing with his father and grandfather. As an athlete, Hansen received the Athlete of the Year honors for his high school in 1973 when he was 15. But Hansen's entire life would change forever on June 27, 1973, when he was coming home from a week-long fishing trip with his friend, Don Alder. The two friends decided to hitchhike home early instead of waiting for Don's father to pick them up. The decision would forever alter Hansen's life. One driver did pick up Hansen and his friend, and they sat in the back of his pickup truck. What they did not realize was the man had been drinking, and he lost control of the vehicle, rolling his truck. And while Don was thrown clear, Hansen landed on a steel toolbox, damaging his spinal cord and leaving him a paraplegic. For the next seven months, Hansen was in Vancouver for rehabilitation before returning home to Williams Lake. His father would renovate the basement of the home so that Hansen could have his room and bathroom. But the transition was not easy for him, in a town with little in the way of accessibility for someone in a wheelchair. Hansen would say, years later, quote, Wheelchair access was unheard of, and the smallest trip had to end with me being pushed or lifted. People thought my life was over. Worse yet, so did I. End quote. Over the next two years, Hansen was encouraged by his former coaches, Bob Redford and Jack Berger, to continue to participate in sports, but as a coach. In 1975, he would meet Stan Strong, a para-athlete who had helped organize the Canadian Wheelchair Sports and Recreation Association, and due to his encouragement, Hansen would compete in table tennis at the Pacific Northwest Games for the Disabled in Seattle. He would come away from that competition with a gold medal. Hansen then went to the University of British Columbia, and upon his graduation became the first person with a physical disability to earn a physical education degree from the university. He would also continue to compete more and more in sports. He would play for the Vancouver Cable Cars, a dominant wheelchair basketball team that had won many national championships, and with the team, Hansen won several championships as well. One man who joined Hansen on that team, winning national championships in 1978 and 1979, was Terry Fox. From 1977 to 1983, Hansen also played with the Canadian National Wheelchair Basketball Team, and from 1979 to 1984, he competed in the wheelchair racing, including at the Paralympic Games and in 19 international wheelchair marathons. During that time, he won three world championships in wheelchair racing. At the Pan American Wheelchair Games in 1982, Hansen won an astounding nine gold medals. And at the 1980 and 1984 Paralympic Games, Hansen would win three gold medals, two silver and a bronze. In 1979, 1980, and 1982, he was Canada's Disabled Athlete of the Year. And in 1983, he shared the Lou Marsh Trophy for Canadian Outstanding Athlete of the Year, along with a fellow named Wayne Gretzky. Needless to say, when it came to sports, Hansen was one of the most dominant athletes in Canadian history. And that brings us to 1985 and the Man in Motion Tour. Inspired by Terry Fox and the Marathon of Hope, Hansen made the decision to have his own journey, but his would take him around the world. Assembling a team around him and securing the equipment, he planned out his journey, and one person who would join him would be Don Alder, who was his childhood friend when he was paralyzed. Planning included developing two prototype wheelchairs to determine the right frame and fit for Hansen, along with three chairs that would be used on the tour itself. 
Each of the wheelchairs were custom made and depending on the weather, conditions and terrain, different wheels and push rims would be made. One important item that would go on the tour with Hansen was a small statue of Terry Fox, given to him by Betty and Raleigh Fox, Terry's parents. In order to get the tour off the ground, Hansen and his crew had to fundraise upwards of $887,000 with a minimum budget of $300,000. In December of 1984, Hansen would state, quote, The $887,000 price tag is well worth it, if you consider the full cost of rehabilitating a paralyzed person is $1 million. End quote. In November 1984, in another article, Hansen would state, quote, People are still having trouble visualizing someone wheeling across the street, much less the world. End quote. Right now, Rick Hansen joins us from our Vancouver studio. Rick, it's the most obvious question, but why on earth are you doing this? <clears throat> Well, I think you have to understand me personally. I've always been involved uh, helping people. Um, I've always wanted to contribute. And physical education is my profession. And I know what it's like to go through a spinal injury. And I know what the difference of having programs and having medical treatment and support and how that can really affect people in their uh, spinal injuries and getting back into the mainstream of life. And uh, it's my way of contributing. It's my way of uh, making... Uh, an impact for these programs for spinal research and for helping other people. Why the, the journey, the traveling approach? Did you have any sense that this is being done? It's being done by Terry, it's being done by Steve Fonio. Well, Terry's a good friend of mine and uh, he believed in giving 100% of himself to um, achieving a dream uh, to help uh, find a cure for cancer research. Uh, myself, I believe that it's very important to help here in Canada but the need is not just confined to Canada it's confined to the entire world uh, it's the only way I know how to bring the message across to the world that there needs to be some sort of uh, continued effort and more support to elevate spinal research and to help people in wheelchairs. On March 21st 1985 Hansen began his journey waving to a crowd at Oak Ridge Mall in Vancouver where he would begin the journey. At first, the tour was more local news than anything. Vancouver province would put the start of the journey on its third page. Of course, when Hansen returned to Vancouver, not only was he on the front page and pages four and five, but the paper created an entire pullout section to welcome him back home. On hand for the kickoff of the tour was Premier Bill Bennett and the parents of Terry Fox. Hansen would tell the 300 spectators who gathered for the kickoff, stating, quote, I'm in debt to everyone. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. This is very special to us, and we hope it's special to you. End quote. Betty Fox would say at the event, quote, Nobody knows better than we do what the public support means. Without that, Terry's dream wouldn't have become a reality. End quote. Bennett then presented Hansen with the first new BC license plate that said Expo 86 on them, and he would then state, quote, all of BC is behind you and taking your message to the world. End quote. The tour would get off to a bit of a rough start, minutes after Hansen left Oak Ridge Mall. A large box was nailed to the top of the motor home, and it hit the top of an exit tunnel outside the mall, crashing and destroying Hansen's extra wheelchair. Rather than going across Canada, Hansen made the decision to save Canada for last. Through the spring of 1985, Hansen journeyed down the west coast of the United States then turned east going through New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and into Florida. 
This leg of the journey proved to be quick, with Hansen averaging about 85 kilometers per day and raising $1 per kilometer on average, which was far below what was hoped. As Hansen journeyed through the western and southern United States, he would get a helping hand from David Foster and John Parr. The two men composed St. Elmo's Fire, a song that would become a hit worldwide and help bring more awareness for Hansen and his journey. On June 24th, after 7,563 kilometers, Hansen arrived in Miami, Florida, completing the first part of the journey. On June 28, 1985, a telethon was organized in support of the tour, and among the people who would be interviewed for the telethon were David Foster and Wayne Gretzky. Bob Redford, Hansen's coach in Williams Lake, would also take part in the telethon. The telethon proved to be a massive success raising $40,000 in the evening, with another $80,000 raised over the course of eight days. That same day, Hansen would reflect on his tour through the United States, which at this point had raised only $10,000. Hansen would say, quote, Generally in the U.S., things have gone pretty smoothly logistically, but in terms of raising funds, the streets have not exactly been lined with people. End quote. Of course, since leaving Vancouver, the tour overall had raised $350,000. Before leaving the United States, Hansen would take a quick trip to Ottawa for a reception at Parliament Hill, where he met with Speaker of the House John Bosley and several MPs as well as former Prime Minister John Turner. It was also announced that a tri-party House of Commons committee was being formed to help raise money in Canada for the tour. Hansen and his team would journey across the Atlantic Ocean and arrive in Europe soon after. Through the summer, Hansen journeyed through Ireland, England, France, Belgium, the Netherlands, West Germany, into Denmark, Scandinavia, and eventually the Soviet Union. When Hansen arrived in London, he and his team soon realized they had given police the wrong meeting place, and Hansen was going to be in the core of the city in rush hour without an escort. In order to get the police to their location, they parked illegally in Hyde Park. When the police arrived and the matter was explained, the Queen's own motorcycle escort was sent in and they blocked traffic on the London Bridge in rush hour so that Hansen could make it across. On July 20th, 1985, Hansen left England and took a ferry to France, where he'd begin his tour of continental Europe. Hansen would say, quote, It's been long, hard going. We've had difficult weather conditions and a lot of obstacles to overcome, but we've had very, very positive reactions from everywhere we've been. End quote. On August 26, 1985, after 11,285 kilometers, Hansen celebrated his 28th birthday in Finland. During his birthday, he received a 45-meter-long birthday card sent from Vancouver 16 hours prior to his birthday. The card contained 2,500 signatures from people in the city. Premier Bennett also sent a telegram to Hansen to wish him happy birthday. The trip into the Soviet Union was brief for Hansen with the journey to Moscow. The trip into Moscow almost didn't happen when Hansen's visa was turned down, but then hours before the scheduled flight to the Soviet capital, it was approved, but it would result in only a brief visit rather than wheeling through the Soviet Union. Only Hansen and his physiotherapist would be allowed for the trip. From this point, the autumn 1985 leg of the journey would begin, with Hansen traveling through the rest of Europe. 
From Poland, he would go into the Czech Republic, Austria, Switzerland, France, again, Spain, Portugal, Italy, Yugoslavia, Greece, Bahrain, and Jordan. It's 6 a.m. in Madrid. The police are here to escort the man in motion out of town. Rick Hansen is preparing for the 70 miles he'll wheel this day. Team members help him get seated deep into the bucket that holds his body firm as he wheels. gloves help to keep the blisters down and the stretches prepare his muscles for the thousands of strokes he'll make in the 16-hour day ahead a quick hello and thank you to his police escort and he's off into the frantic dangerous traffic of downtown madrid there's been a lot of times when we've been going through these cities that it's been a full raging traffic flow and We've had no police escorts. Let me tell you, that's what you call nerve-wracking. One thing our pre-dawn pictures can't show you is the thick, pungent smog in Madrid. The air is foul with exhaust fumes. I tell you, when all those buses go by, it brings back fond memories of England. I used to come back off of brakes into the motorhome and breathe into a handkerchief or a Kleenex. Just cover it with soot and char and carbon monoxide. I'd have headaches and feel nauseous. Carbon monoxide poisoning has been a problem throughout Europe for Rick. It's put him behind schedule, but it hasn't dampened his enthusiasm. The sun is setting, and the moon is on the rise. Rick Hansen has been wheeling the Spanish highways since dawn. Two of his teammates are running with him to keep him company and to get their exercise after a long day in the van. At this point, Rick is actually taking a detour. He's wheeling 35 kilometers off his main route for a special reason. A big group of very important people is waiting for his arrival in the town of Toledo. This advance party is the first to catch sight of him. Then they're off in a mad dash for the last half mile to Rick's destination this night. They're not athletes, but they're very excited to see him because they're patients at the National Rehabilitation Center of Spain. Back in Canada, interest was fast growing in the Man in Motion tour as well, and Canadians of all ages were doing what they could to raise money. In Surrey, Andrea Dadson, an 11-year-old girl with spinal bifida, would raise money with a swimathon. A school with only 200 students would raise $1,000 during a 15-kilometer walkathon for the tour, and Vancouver City Council also voted to grant $15,000 to the Man in Motion tour. Alderman Bruce York would say, quote, It is the kind of thing we can all be proud of. End quote. One car company in Calgary created a contest that would raise money for the Man in Motion tour through donations towards entries to win a new car. In February 1987, McDonald's restaurants raised $12,556 during Rick Hansen Day, thanks to $9,700 raised from selling Big Macs, $2,000 cash contributions, and $800 from the sale of Rick Hansen buttons. A group of Chilliwack bands and singers would host the Rick Hansen Benefit Concert, called a Rainbow Jam, to raise money for the tour, and the jam would raise $1,700. It was in this leg of the tour that one of the biggest moments prior to the arrival in Canada would occur. Hansen was granted an audience with Pope John Paul II. The Pope would give Hansen and his team his blessing for a safe journey, and by this point, $500,000 had been raised for the tour. 
the Colosseum in Rome, a favorite picture spot for tourists. But this is not the highlight of Rick Hansen's stopover in the Eternal City. The Vatican is his main focal point. Accompanied by Expo 86 Commissioner General Patrick Reed, Rick is about to meet the Pope. Getting an audience with the Pope is no easy task. It's taken months of negotiations and assistance from Archbishop Carney in Vancouver and diplomatic channels in Ottawa. Some of the people here recognize Rick from the publicity his Man in Motion tour has generated in Italy. It was in front of the, uh, the large uh, mass that he holds, holds every Wednesday. And there were many uh, hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world attending. There was uh, a total, I think, of about five or 6,000 people there. And I was with the Italian Federation for Handicap Sports Association. And we were fortunate enough to, um, to gain uh, the opportunity to uh, shake his hand and, and to speak with the man briefly. And uh, in front of the crowd, he recognized the tour and what we were attempting to do throughout the world uh, for disabled people. It was also on this leg of the tour that Hansen would cross over the Swiss Alps, the highest summit of the journey, at 5,577 feet. Thankfully, at the summit of the Swiss Alps, he missed a snowfall. Then began the trip to the Middle East, which was relatively short, before Hansen and his team flew to New Zealand for the next part of their journey. Through the winter of 1986, Hansen journeyed through New Zealand and Australia, and upon their arrival in Melbourne, Hansen had journeyed 20,036 kilometers and reached the halfway point of his journey. When Rick reached the halfway point in Melbourne, he joked that it had to be easier now that he's heading home, but he should have known the elements would intervene. This day, it's a headwind, gusting to 40 miles an hour into his face, and an hour into the day, he has to stop. While the wind flutters beautifully through the flags behind him, Rick gets a wheelchair with bigger push rims. What do the bigger rims do for you? Uh, the big rims give me a, sort of almost like a gear reduction. Uh, I don't go as fast, but it's more efficient uh, under uh, more resistance. So whether it's climbing steep hills or encountering you know, a lot of strong headwinds, we'll usually go to the big rims. So he's off hoping that the wind will die down, but it doesn't. It only gets worse. This is killer stuff, eh? This is, a, this is what teaches you uh, what men and mice are made of. Now it's not yet 10 in the morning, and Rick has stopped for his third wheelchair change of the day. He's getting even bigger push rims to reduce the power he has to use. Wow. At this point, the wind is so strong it blows the wheelchair away while we're talking. It's becoming clear that Rick won't make his 50 miles today, and even that's less than the 70 miles a day he wants to do but can't because of shoulder problems. It's kind of frustrating to have only 18.7 miles after about five hours of wheeling. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go long or are you just going to accept the shorter miles? Yeah, we're just going to accept the shorter miles. Now you may be asking why Rick doesn't just wheel behind the camper using it as a windbreak. Well, in Rick's book, that would be cheating. In fact, the only time he'll let anyone drive in front of him is when it's us, taking his picture. Wheeling through the farm country north of Melbourne, he's joined by some of the locals. The purpose of Rick's Man in Motion World Tour is to raise awareness about the potential of people in wheelchairs. But for some people, he's done a lot more than that. 
Oh, he's a hunk. To the school kids in the little town of Banala, the man in motion is something of a hero. This is the first of three schools that have come out en masse to cheer him on. Very good. Terrific. At the second school, with slightly older kids, it starts out politely enough, but within minutes they're all over him, as if he were a visiting movie star. When you come into an area like this where there's hundreds of school children, and you know that in some way you've touched them and affected them, then uh, that's the essence of our entire project. It makes those thousands of miles worth it because they're our future. They're where attitudes will be informed. The Australian portion of the journey and the first year of his odyssey would end in Bundaberg, Australia. Over the course of the first year, Hansen and his team went through 63 flat tires, 47 pairs of gloves, along with 7,180,800 wheelchair strokes, and unfortunately, they were also robbed four times. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Through the spring of 1986, Hansen journeyed through China, Korea, and Japan. In China, one of the most famous images of the Man in Motion tour would be taken when Hansen wheeled along the Great Wall of China. Tackling grades of 60 degrees in some cases, Hansen was able to complete the wheeling up to the landmark, and at the top, he was greeted by supporters, the media, and tourists. Hansen would say of the moment, quote, Every stroke of the way for the past year, I've been dreaming of this. The wall is special and very symbolic of the whole project. End quote. Rick Hansen, Canada's most famous wheelchair athlete, is now about halfway through his voyage around the world. He calls himself the man in motion. He's now wheeling across China after paying an emotional visit to the Great Wall. Jean-Francois Lapine reports. With a team of five dedicated young Canadians and a lot of help from his Chinese hosts, Rick Hansen began his journey in China. He wheeled for the first time in the suburbs of Peking. The 28-year-old handicapped athlete will spend three weeks traveling to Shanghai in his wheelchair as part of a million-dollar world tour to raise awareness of the potential of the handicapped. It's a great honor for me to be able to represent my country and extend its warmest to the people of China. In a country where the handicapped are still often left without help, the Canadian athlete was greeted by one of the most senior members of the Chinese government, Vice Prime Minister Wan Li. But it was on the Great Wall that Hansen's determination 
got its best reward. For putting the uh, chair in a better mechanical position. On a warm Sunday afternoon, crowds of Chinese stood in admiration when Rick Hansen climbed the Great Wall in his wheelchair. The athlete insisted in reaching sections of the wall that tourists often find too steep, agreeing to be carried by his helpers only when stairs blocked his way. Hansen says he hopes his determination will help the Chinese to change their attitude towards the handicapped. They've been making great strides at trying to change uh, the attitude here. As a matter of fact, even one of the words uh, or symbols that they used to use to describe handicapped people have, has been changed and abolished. Um, it doesn't mean useless anymore. That was the old connotation. And now, of course, uh, they're changing it to concentrate and highlight their abilities of handicapped people. Hansen has traveled in his wheelchair in 31 countries of the world so far. But his world tour has given to millions of people reasons to hope. Jean-François Lépin, CBC News, Peking. As Hansen journeyed through China, he would be greeted by growing crowds of thousands of people who gave him flowers and shook his hand while also donating money. Once the Asia leg of the journey was complete, Hansen flew back to North America and landed in Florida, where he journeyed up the east coast of the United States, traveling through all the states along the eastern seaboard before arriving back in Canada at Cape Spear, the most easterly part of North America. Between when he left British Columbia and arrived in Newfoundland, Hansen had been away for 17 months and traveled through 33 countries. Now, he would begin the biggest part of his journey, the trip across Canada. It would also be the first time that he would really truly face snow, having escaped it mostly through the previous part of the tour. For the trip through Canada in the winter, a wheelchair manufacturer in Florida helped to build a special winter wheelchair. It'd be equipped with BMX-style bicycle tires, a series of bicycle chains, and due to the need for extra clothing during the cold months, the wheelchair was widened. An insulating suit was also made to ensure that Hansen's skin below the waist did not become too cold, creating the risk of frostbite. Within his neoprene suit, there were 16 sensors that monitored his skin temperature on his lower limbs. If his skin temperature fell below a safe level, the sensors would warm the area of his skin, and if the temperature dropped too low, a horn and warning light would go off on the back of the wheelchair to alert his crew. In talking about going through snow, he would say, It was interesting, had to watch my traction. End quote. Hansen would also say, quote, I've been through a few wars. My arms are still sore, but I feel really excited. End quote. A total of 300 people would greet him at the community, and John Crosby, the MP for the area, stated, quote, I consider him a Canadian hero, a man of superhuman qualities, and a doer of great deeds. End quote. Through the autumn of 1986, Hansen traveled through Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, New Brunswick, Quebec, and into Ontario. Rick Hansen continues to make good progress on the last part of his round-the-world tour. The wheelchair athlete has arrived in Montreal, a city he's visited before. His return there today brought back some fond memories. Keith Bogue reports. The man in motion rolled into Montreal this morning under a clear blue sky on a perfect fall day. Great. Excellent day. It's beautiful. This is not Rick Hansen's first trip to Montreal. Four years ago, he won the wheelchair event in the Montreal Marathon. Alongside Hansen today was one of his toughest competitors in that marathon, Quebec's André Viget, this year's winner. The man in motion moves so quickly, reporters and television crews can scarcely keep up. He covers about 80 kilometers a day, but still finds time to stop and meet with people. Hansen's been in Quebec for 10 days. 
He doesn't speak very much French, but what he says, he says clearly, and he's not shy. Uh, He'll even take a shot at giving interviews in French. The crowds are getting bigger. After 18 months and 40,000 kilometers on the road, things are finally beginning to feel like home again. And the fund for spinal cord research is growing too. More than a million dollars now. But raising money has never been the real reason Hansen began this tour. To be the best you can be with what you have. I think that's all we can ask of anyone in life. People are getting more and more interested in Rick Hansen. Thank you. The tour is gathering more and more momentum. But that has its price. It's getting harder to meet the man in motion. Keith Bogue, CBC News, Montreal. On October 24th, he would travel from Hull, Quebec, into Ottawa. And upon arrival, he would tell the crowd, quote, People have shown they are not insensitive to the needs of disabled people. They've taken the challenge to better understand them and their potential. End quote. While in Ottawa, Prime Minister Brian Mulroney would drop a $1 million donation into the donation bucket, courtesy of the Government of Canada. Along with that check, $180,000 was donated to Hansen, while in the capital region, a $150 a plate benefit dinner was held, which raised a large amount of money for him. Hansen would say, quote, Today has been a very special day for the Man in Motion tour. I think by now we all know it's been a million dollar day. End quote. By the end of the day, $2.4 million have been raised total for the tour since he left Vancouver in March 1985. Well, it's been quite a day for wheelchair athlete Rick Hansen. Thousands greeted him in Ottawa, and he received the biggest donation yet in his round-the-world journey. Bill Casey reports. The wheels that have carried Rick Hansen around the world rolled up Parliament Hill today. More than 2,000 supporters were there to offer handshakes and encouragement to help keep them rolling, including Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. Congratulations and welcome to Parliament Hill. The goal of Hansen's Man in Motion tour is to help the disabled by giving them an example of achievement and by raising $10 million for spinal cord research and rehabilitation. After today's ceremony, both dreams are a little nearer to reality. I'm happy to tell you that the government of Canada is today contributing a million dollars to help you realize your Hansen thanked the government on behalf of the disabled, like but his message for was for all Canadians. And remember one last thing. Anything you believe to be possible can become true and a reality. All you have to do is believe and be willing to persevere. Hansen would then journey through Ontario, coming to Thunder Bay to where his close friend Fox had been forced to end his marathon of hope years earlier when his cancer returned. With winter setting in, Hansen wheeled across the Canadian prairies from Manitoba to Alberta. In Manitoba, Hansen would actually have to take a few days off due to developing the flu and congestion in his lungs. In Alberta, Premier Don Getty promised that his government would match all donations made to the tour in the province. That would result in an additional $2.45 million going into the donation fund. Overall, the weather through the winter would be kind to Hansen through Canada, 
But as he approached through Alberta and into British Columbia, it began to get worse. Finally, on March 19, 1987, after journeying through the cold winter on the prairies, Hansen crossed into his home province of British Columbia. Greeted at the border by Premier Bill van der Zam, Hansen would say, quote, Vancouver is a reality. British Columbia is going to be one of the most challenging parts of the journey and one of the most rewarding. End quote. This was not a quick journey through the province. Hansen would hit several communities, including his hometown of Williams Lake, and through the province he would travel 3,218 kilometers. On April 2, 1987, he arrived in his hometown of Williams Lake, where he rested. He then left and traveled across the Rogers Pass and began his descent down into Vancouver. It was around this time that I actually got to meet him. The Premier then promised that the British Columbia government would match donations from its citizens, which brought in another $5.45 million in total. On May 22, 1987, the final day of the tour came. Hansen and his team crossed the Portman Bridge and were greeted by thousands of people along the streets as he journeyed back to Oak Ridge Mall. Finally, the tour was over and Hansen had raised $26.7 million for spinal cord research. Hansen would say, quote, I've looked at a lot of exhaust pipes and I've seen a lot of roads. I feel like Rip Van Winkle coming back after a two-year sleep. The premiers changed, Expo has come and gone, there are new buildings everywhere, my brother and his wife had a baby. End quote. As he wheeled through the finishing line tape at Oak Ridge, Hansen would also say, quote, You see, dreams do come true. End quote. Good evening. He defied all the odds, the long, exhausting hours, the tortuous climbs through mountain ranges, the numbing cold of a prairie winter, the pain that shot through his arms and his shoulders at the end of the day, and a road before him so long that it stretched all around the world. But nothing stopped Rick Hansen. He triumphed, circling the world to raise money for those like him who are trapped in wheelchairs. Today, with cheering crowds filling the streets of Vancouver, Hansen finally ended his Man in Motion Marathon. Jane Chalmers reports. The euphoric finish at last, a yellow ribbon at the spot in a Vancouver shopping mall where Rick Hansen began and ended his global journey. 40,000 kilometers and 26 months later, a triumphant Hansen is home. I want to thank you for believing in the potential of disabled persons, because we all have hopes and dreams. Behind Hansen today and every day, the team that kept him going felt both excitement and exhaustion. It's very overwhelming and it's hard to express and put it into words because there's so many emotions that come and go in waves. Vancouver's welcome home is huge, often overwhelming. Thousands of people covered in yellow ribbons and balloons cheered the wheelchair marathoner through the home stretch. I almost uh, think I'm in a dream or something. This is unbelievable. This is fantastic. All I can say is thanks very much to everybody who's been part of this. Hampton's usually controlled emotions finally broke loose, freeing his joy of once again meeting the parents of an old friend, Terry Fox. His satisfaction as big corporate donations flooded in. $204,400. Satisfaction as the little people proudly presented their gifts. His realization this morning that his seemingly unreachable goal was within his grasp.
paralyzed after a truck accident when he was 15, the wheelchair athlete thought his life was over. He fought back and won 19 international marathons. Today, after battling nagging injuries, conquering extreme weather and the roughest terrain in the world, after wheeling through 34 countries and four continents, Hansen finished one of history's greatest athletic feats. Whenever I got to the point when I started to doubt whether I could continue, I searched myself to see if I had anything more left to give. And I did, and that's what kept me going. Hansen's own dream has been surpassed. The Man in Motion World Tour will raise at least $14 million. The legacy is devoted to spinal cord research and wheelchair sports and rehabilitation. The dream shared with people around the world who have been touched by Hansen's vision. Jane Chalmers, CBC News, Vancouver. Looking back at the start of his journey two years previous, Hansen said, quote, I was afraid, but I wasn't afraid of failing. And that philosophy has allowed me to complete the tour and overcome the obstacles we've faced. Some of the best dreams are killed in the dream stage because people are afraid. End quote. On May 23rd, Hansen went to a celebration in his honor at BC Place Stadium, where 50,000 people cheered him. Hansen would say later, quote, It was a warm and wonderful celebration, a meaningful recognition and commitment to people with disabilities in our province and our country. End quote. Later in 1987, inspired by Hansen, the city of North Vancouver doubled the number of wheelchair ramps in the community. Following the tour, he would establish the Hansen Foundation, which has operated for the past 33 years, raising $200 million for spinal cord injury-related programs. Hansen has also been honored extensively across Canada. In 1986, he was Canada's Newsmaker of the Year, as voted by the Canadian press. He was awarded the Order of Canada in 1987 and the Order of British Columbia in 1990. He was inducted into the Terry Fox Hall of Fame in 1993, Canada's Sports Hall of Fame in 2006, and Canada's Walk of Fame in 2007. In addition, he has received 14 honorary degrees and four public schools, one in British Columbia and three in Ontario, are named for him. The man in motion became a man with the Order of Canada today. Rick Hansen, whose round-the-world wheelchair odyssey raised millions for spinal cord research, received Canada's top honor from the Governor-General. Hansen was invested as a companion of the Order of Canada in the stately salon at Rideau Hall. Jan Sauvé hung the red and white medallion around his neck in a brief ceremony. She said he had inspired many people with the courage it took to complete the two-year journey. During the 2010 Vancouver Olympics, he carried the Olympic flame in to light the cauldron at BC Place Stadium, the same place where he was cheered by 50,000 people 23 years earlier. Today, his wheelchair and other items of the Man in Motion Tour are preserved at the BC Sports Hall of Fame and Museum, and roughly 1,700 artifacts from the tour are also on display at the Canadian Museum of History. Perhaps the most lasting impact for Hansen on the tour wasn't the money he raised, though. His physiotherapist during the tour was Amanda Reed and the two would marry in 1987, and together they would have three daughters. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at Rick Hansen. If you did, please leave a rating and review. Next week, we're going to be looking at Mary Two Acts Early, an Indigenous activist who helped change Canada forever. Information from rickhansen.com, Canadian Encyclopedia, Wikipedia, CBC, Canadian Museum of History, the Vancouver Sun, Calgary Herald, Saskatoon Star and the Ottawa Citizen. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.